Hello and welcome to Prosperity by the Pine. I'm your host, Bryce Carter, self-proclaimed millennial money expert, and I got the designations to back it up. This is the episode where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. Cold beer of the week comes to you from Maui Brewing Company, which I had one from them not long ago, but I picked this up because it looked delicious. It's blue. It's got a big wave on it. And it is the Big Swell IPA, tropical citrus hops burst from the dry hopped IPA. 6.8% alcohol by volume. Cheers. Let's give it a try. This week's episode is part two of last week's episode, Anatomy of a Market Crash, part two, episode 55. And I'm going to be taking you through why you should stay invested during market crashes, why you should think about contributing to your 401k at a greater rate during market crashes, and why you shouldn't be willing or wanting or trying to time in and out of the market, as well as what bull markets, up markets have done compared to bear markets. And then I'm going to take you through some questions you should ask yourself before you make any changes. So let's get this started. But first, let's sip the beer. That is a phenomenal IPA. This, that's really good. I'm going to drink all this beer, even if I don't finish it by the full episode. So to recap part one, which I should have said I was going to do this, but to recap part one is a bear market is down 20% off the all-time highs. A correction is down 10%. On average, a, a, a bear market happens once every six years, and a correction happens on average about once every 10 years. We are in the midst, at least at the time of my filming this, in the middle of a market correction that is teetering on the edge of a bear market because on Monday, March 9th, we reached down 19 point some odd percent. 20% would be the number, right? What we're looking at is a scenario in which markets do more often than they probably statistically should end up resisting going to that 20% number, whether it's fundamentals or technicals or humans just stepping up their contributions to their 401k, there's some sort of support there. And so what I want to take you through is we have this situation during market corrections where markets swing violently up and down during the corrections. In fact, many of the best days in the stock market happen in the middle of corrections or bear markets, which is weird to think about, but it does happen. So the date was March 9th, 2009, and that was the day. That was the day that markets said enough is enough from the financial and housing crisis uh, and meltdown. We're going to start going up. And so there was no press conference. There was no white flag. There was no blimp going across the skies at Wall Street. There was no media frenzy saying, it's it. It's done. We have the all clear. The dust is settled. The future is clearer than the past. And the markets are going up from here. That shit didn't happen. It didn't happen at all. Because you don't know when the bear market ends. You don't know when the market crash ends. And what happened was the last bear market ended. Technically, it didn't end until 2013 when markets reclaimed its values, but that's when the current market cycle of the uptrend began. And like I said, there was no formal press conference. There was no announcement. There was no article on the cover of the Wall Street Journal saying it's over. We can breathe deeply. In fact, we were still in the midst of a recession at the time. The recession didn't, didn't end until weeks or months later. And 
we really still didn't know whether financial institutions were on super solid footing. Housing prices would take an incredibly long time to recover. In some areas of the country, they're arguably not recovered fully from the pre-2008 bubble. And so what happened that month, March of 2009, was the market finished 14% higher. So it it really didn't begin that trend up until March 9th. But despite that, in March of 2009, the market finished up 14% higher. And some of the very best days in the entire market history have come during these turbulent, turbulent times. In fact, the highest point change in the Dow ever happened during this recent market uh, crash. I think, what was it? It would have been maybe March 6th or 7th. I'm not sure on the exact date, but it was the highest point up ever. It was all, we also, right after that, had the highest point down. In fact, the best three trading days so far this year have come in the middle of this current meltdown, this current correction, if you will. So this current correction started February 19th. And since then, we had a 5.9% day up, or 0.09. We had a 4.53% day up, and we had a 4.89% day. Now, this is the Dow Jones I'm referencing. In fact, there was a crash in the fourth quarter of 2018 where we almost, again, almost, and this crash stopped on Christmas Eve of all days. Christmas, well, Christmas Eve was the last day that it was down, and then it began its, its trudge back up uh, the day after Christmas. During the fourth quarter of 2018, we had this crash. And four of the six best days in 2018 were during that crash. The other two were during the first quarter. Two out of six of the best days of 2018 were in the first quarter. And we had a 10% correction in the first quarter of 2018. What I'm saying is, is you can't just wholesale get out of the market because it's bumpy. Because the best days happen often when it's bumpy. And you'll never know when that best day is it when it's done, right? Now think about this for a second. If you said finally in January or February of 09, it's it, I'm done, I'm getting out, I'll get back in when the market's clear. One, you have no clue when that's gonna be. But two, when is it all clear? Like look at, like once you've seen it, like what do you what sign are you looking for? Would you have gotten in March 31st when it was after March was up 14%? Was that your all clear? Was it April? Was it June, May, July, August? Was it five years later after you missed out on a tremendous march back up? You don't know when the dust is going to settle and you don't know when it's going to be clear, which is why you should be trying to stay into the markets. Time in the markets is what matters, not timing the markets. You've heard me say that before, at least I hope. Now, Schwab's got a great chart. I stole this chart from their website. I'm not going to post it, but what I'll want to kind of just explain with it is the downturns in the market and then the upturns in the market. So for the longest bull market uh, in, in, in length was 40, 4,494 days and it was up 582%. That was from roughly 1997 to 1999. And then we had the tech bubble. Did you hear me say 582%? Then we had the tech bubble and that thing burst Markets went down by 50%, and that lasted, I need glasses, 929 days. Right after that, we had another bull market. It was up 102%, and that lasted 1,826 days, 1,826. Then we had the crash, the financial crisis. 08 still leaves you know shivers down people's spine that lived through it. 
Market was down 57% and it lasted 517 days. Since then, since that terrible crash of 57%, Ending 2019, December of 2019, we are up 378%, and we've been going strong for 3,949 days, which means, let's think about these. These are the up, these are the upturns. 4,400 days, 1,800 days, 3,900 days. These are the downturns that we've had. 920 days, 517 days, and percentages. 582% up, 102% up, 378% up. On the bull, on the bear side, the downside, 49 and 57. I get it. It sucks. It's a punch to guts to make to see your account go down by 39, 49, 59%. But if you're still investing for the long term, if you're still contributing, if you have a long-term horizon, you 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 are fine. And let me explain a long-term horizon. A long-term horizon is saying, hey. I'm 65 years old right now, and I'm going to live until I'm 95, so I have 30 years where I need these monies, right? Now, the key with that scenario is to have a portion, I call it bucketing, a portion of your assets bucketed over in a safe corner that you don't, you know, you can live off of two, three years of income from without ever needing to touch your market exposed investments. That's called bucketing. I'm not saying it, you know, insulates you from risk. You're going to guarantee to have better returns. But what it does is it gives you a pool of assets you can you can pull from in order to let your market assets recover. So the average duration of a bull market, in summary, is 2,300 days. The average duration of a bull, a bear market, a down market, is 512. The average return during a bull market, an up market, is 219%. 219%. The average return during a bear market, 39%. Quite simply stated, by spending time in the markets, you're going to experience bears. But over the period of time that you're going to live and invest, the bulls do better than the bears. And if it doesn't, if I'm wrong, the world only ends once. So some questions to ask yourself if you're, if you're panicking during this correction. Beer break. If you're panicking during this correction, the current correction we're living in right now, some things you should ask myself yourself. If I sell my stocks right now, what is the plan for getting back in, right? Like you're going to bail out when you get back in. Once it reaches its all-time highs again, does that sound like a great time to take cash out off the table and put it in the markets when we're at all-time highs? Has my time horizon, risk profile, or circumstances meaningfully changed enough to warrant a portfolio change? My time horizon, risk profile, or circumstances, have any of those changed enough to say, you know what, I gotta change my, gotta change my strategy, it's wrong. Will my lifestyle be impacted in a meaningful way if stocks continue to fall? Which means if you're still working, you're still investing, you're not living off of your money, is your lifestyle gonna change? Probably not. Have I overestimated my appetite for risk assets? This is something you should always be asking yourself. Do I need to use the money I've invested in stocks for spending purposes in the next three to five years? Now, like I said, if you have a income or safe or conservative bucket, you can withstand three to five years worth. Uh, if that bucket is large enough, you should be able to stand you know, quite a few prolonged periods of market corrections. Um, is my portfolio durable and diversified to withstand severe dislocations in the stock market, which means markets are going to swing up and down, but you just got to have diversification. Would it surprise you to know that during this most recent correction, emerging market stocks have outperformed S&P 500 large cap U.S. stocks? I mean, China is the, 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 the source, the starts, the first one impacted by this coronavirus outbreak, yet there's 
and they're 30% of the emerging markets index and they're outperforming. Um, how did I react to market carnage in the past? Did you stay with it? Did it turn out okay? <laughs> how much volatility am I willing and or willing to accept in order to earn higher returns? That's part of being in the market. You got to accept volatility to get returns. Otherwise, you just buy bonds to get low returns. Uh, what are my core investment beliefs? What do I own and why do I own it? What will cause me to buy or sell? I mean, these are questions you should be asking yourself on a regular basis, but reviewing the answers to them and reviewing these questions during period of turbulent times is more important than ever. The other thing that I wanted to just kind of spend a little bit of time chatting on is when you're looking at your investment portfolio and you're thinking, you know what, I, I want to be saving for this, uh, this, this house purchase 10 years from now, my vacation home, uh, my retirement outlook. Uh, I want to be say investing for income, you know, currently knowing how you have your portfolio allocated is the key to success in each one of those things and fully understanding how markets can be volatile during different times. And, and so I guess this is my point when I'm saying this. As I've told you before, you don't need a financial advisor to invest. Anybody can open up an account at uh, you know, TD Ameritrade, Schwab, or Robinhood and invest. But if you're not fully comfortable understanding, explaining why you own certain things or what those things are, and what their volatility is, and those different things, you probably should be getting some assistance. Now, listening to this podcast is a good step because I'm going to give you some valuable information, but you probably shouldn't take my recommendations because I don't know you and you really don't know me. You might know me, but how do you know I'm speaking exactly to your plan, right? And so you should have a plan and having a plan helps you ensure that you're not going to make rash decisions, right? And again, I can't stress this enough. You have to know the amount of risk that you're taking. I, I come across this way too often where investors have zero safe assets. And, and other than the longest duration investors, people like me that have 35 years uh, of investing to go before, you know, we're going to tap into it should be, you know, pretty cautious and and not taking drastic investment risks, right? We should have, uh, you know, you can take drastic investment risks. I should paraphrase this or say this better is you should have a portion of your investments that is safe unless you are the longest term investor. Does that make sense? So you should have a portion of your investments allocated to safer, safer, uh, securities and asset locations, Unless you're the long, long, long-term investor, such as myself, that has a 35-year time horizon or a 20-year time horizon or whatever it may be. So the anatomy of a, a of a bear market and the anatomy of a market crash, there's no true definition on a crash, but I'd say anything more than 10%, which happens on average about once every 10 uh, or every one year. A bear market, which is 20% or more, happens on average about once every six years. Bear markets and recessions are highly correlated. We've had many, many... Uh, corrections. We've had nine bear markets and markets come back every time. And again, you know, it's every single time it feels like this one's different. This is the one, this is the one that's going to wipe out everything. If that's the case, we got bigger problems. <laughs> if markets go to zero. Fun fact, there's only two markets that I know of that ever went to zero. And that was in Russia in 1917 when uh, you had the Bolshevik revolution and communism took over. One thing that uh, conflicts strongly with communism, at least hardcore Marxism communism, 
is capital markets. So basically markets got eliminated in that scenario. This also happened in China in 1954, 56 maybe, when the Communist Party took over there. So the markets got wiped out. So those are the only two markets that ever went to zero, which, you know, maybe that's why I hate communism. I don't know. But <laughs> my point is to say it's very, very rare for markets to just zero out. Um, and so if that were to happen, we'd have civil unrest and issues and you have bigger problems than whether you have uh, Amazon or Google or Bitcoin or gold, right? Your bigger problem is do I have bottled water and bandages and penicillin? <laughs> because that's the only thing worth money and, and all out zero. This is the end game money, uh, scenario. I might have got off track there, but I digress. So that's this week's episode of Prosperity by the Pine. I hope you uh, enjoyed it. Don't forget to like, share, follow iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, wherever you listen. That's where I am. Cheers. The topics that I discuss in this podcast are meant to be general information and educational only. I'm not giving you specific advice because I don't know you personally. In order to give you specific advice, you should work with an advisor or someone that can learn your specific situation and give you advice that applies to you. If I talk about a specific security, please keep in mind, I'm not recommending that security. And don't forget, investing involves risk. When you invest, there's always the possibility of losing capital, which is why you should consult with a qualified, licensed financial advisor prior to investing.